2: It's Rick Tittle!
3: Hey, uh, thank you for that, and welcome to Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle on the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network. Also on uh, Twitch.tv, although I don't think it's working because the audio is just, it's not bouncing up and down with my voice. It's probably tone. (laughs) Might have to restart the Twitch. All right, Uh, we're here to talk sports with you, though. 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. 1-800-878-7529. 7529 it will get you in and get you heard, girl, wherever you might happen to be listening in this great land of ours and so-so foreign lands. I mean, let's face it. uh, If you're not in America, you suck. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Rick, go around the world a little bit. I have. All right. Um, On the show today, um, just a couple of guests They ruin everything. (laughs) Um, But uh, we will be bringing in uh, Joe Decina. He runs uh, the uh, Iron Man comp, Not the Iron Man, Spartans. Spartan race. Something like that. Something where they torture you. I think they like, it's like a gauntlet where you run by and they hit you with like a bag of quarters or something. Um, Also, uh, filmmaker, director, writer, actress, Leah McKendrick. She has a new movie called Scrambled. Uh, I'd like mine over easy. J.D. Sharp will check in at some point in the 11 o'clock hour. He's always a little bit uh, wily. Try to pin him down. But uh, the uh, first few, um, well, the first hour is wide open at 1-800-878-PLAY. We have a new Hall of Fame class What do you think about that in baseball? 1-800-878-PLAY. It's the only Hall of Fame we care about. I mean, NFL has a minimum of five, which is the... Can you imagine if baseball had a minimum of five? How many scrubs would be in there right now? Hella. (laughs) Remember when no one was elected? Bruce Suter by himself and then no one. Except for the Veterans Committee putting somebody in. Hey, we're talking sports. We got three hours. Come on back. Progressive asks, what do a middle school slumber party?
4: (laughs) Let's stay up all night. Yeah! yeah.
5: A sleep-deprived girl. An early morning paper route. And a poorly thrown, rolled-up newspaper have in common? Hey, my window! They can become a fast-breaking news story.
6: Sorry, Mr. Thompson.
5: Bundle your home and auto with Progressive for great savings and
1: round-the-clock protection.
5: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Not available in all states or situations.
1: Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. 30-day money-back guarantee, 800-867-6917, 800-867-6917, 800-867-6917, that's 800-867-6917.
7: Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now.
1: 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845.
5: Now, during Staples Print Big Sale, get $20 off your print purchase of $100 or more, $50 off your print purchase of $200 or more, and $100 off your print purchase of $300 or more. So the more you print at Staples, the more you save. To demonstrate, print, print, print at Staples. You save, save, save. But if you print, 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 print print, print at Staples, you save, 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 save. See how that works. Staples Print Big Sale. Print more, save more. Up to $100. Ends 210. Visit staples.com slash print for details.
3: All right, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, Coast to Coast. We're working on Twitch, quite literally. Uh, Got somebody in here right now trying to figure out what's going on. But listen, the airwaves are open and wild. That's right, wild times, 1-800-878. Why are they wild, Rick? Baseball Hall of Fame results. Three new guys will go on with Jim Leland, the skipper, who was put in by the Veterans Committee. Adrian Beltre, alongside Joe Maurer. And Todd Helton. Adrian Beltre, 95.1% of the vote. So he is a first-time Hall of Famer. And uh, congratulations uh, to him. Uh, Obviously, uh, that was the one that everybody sort of expected would be a fait accompli. It is never a complete fait accompli. Or even a physical, bleep, but you want to make sure. And then they show the video now of when people get the news. And he got his, and he was sitting on the couch, I had the camera on him, and he was sitting on the couch, and he was like, hello? And then they're like, yeah. And he's like, hey, how's it going? And it's like, hey, Adrian, it's uh, Dick Hertz over here at the Hall of Fame. And uh just wanted to let you know that you're in. He's like, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Listen, Beltre, if you're into W.A.R., which I'm not, he is the third highest of any third baseman in baseball history. played 21 years, Dodgers, Mariners, Red Sox, Rangers. He is only four players, regardless of position, with 400 home runs, 3,000 hits, and five gold gloves. How did 5% of the voters leave him off? This is what always makes me mad. And my old friend, the late, great Michael Urban, he had an interesting theory that I like. He said, if anybody ever gets over 90% of the vote and you didn't vote for him, you lose your vote. Now, I don't know about that, but I kind of like it. Once again, somebody looked at Adrian Beltre and saw 400 home runs, 3,000 hits, five gold gloves, and went like, nah. The only thing I could think that they're thinking, I can't get into their head, but the only thing I can think that they were thinking is that, oh, he just hung around forever. I could get 3,000 hits if I played 21 years here. So that's weird. But the fifth player, hard to believe only five, born in the Dominican. Juan Marichal, Pedro Martinez, Uh, Vlad the Impaler and Big Poppy. He's the sixth third baseman to go in on his first year on the ballot. Brooks Robinson, Mike Schmidt, George Brett, Wade Boggs, and Chipper Jones. I don't have a problem with any of those names. Now, uh, Todd Helton got in on his sixth try. The thing I like about Helton and Maurer is that they're one-team guys, which is very rare to have a guy who played his entire career with one team. And and look, I have nothing against Todd Helton. He was supposed to be on the A's, but they drafted Ariel Prieto. Um great athlete, college quarterback, of course. Great player. Uh to me, it's like it's like his former teammate Larry Walker, you know, it's like it's not the Hall of Great. And this whole thing about, oh, you're gaining momentum, and now you're getting more, and now you're getting more, and now you can strike, 79.7. And it's almost like the voters are saying, "Mm, he's a Hall of Famer, but not a first ballot. How about a second ballot? Nah. Third ballot? No. Fourth ballot? Okay, I'm in. Well, I'm not. I think he's more fifth or sixth ballot. It's so stupid. I think there should be one vote. And if you don't get in, if you don't get the 75%, why would you be on the list again the next year? I mean, I'm asking a serious question. Why would you go back on the list? Like when you get kicked off American Idol, do they go, "Um, yeah, come back tomorrow and sing again for us. (laughs) Why? You already don't like me. Uh, It's just, it's a weird thing. All right. And then, as I mentioned, Joe Maurer barely got in, 76.1%. And um, Justin Morneau and Joe Maurer uh, had a little... Morneau called him to tell him the news. Um, both those guys have been on my show. Joe Maurer answering the phone on Zoom. He looked like a Serbian cab driver. Rick, in Serbian. I am offended by that. I don't know. he got a weird look. Uh, but uh, those guys, former roommates what I told Joe and he said that he used to live with Maurer and I was like they say George Washington slept here this apartment two American League MVPs were in here Um, the the thing that I think is really stupid well first of all Maurer was in high school the number one recruit for football and baseball it just so happened and he was from St. Paul and his hometown twins had the number one overall pick so they picked him he was the number one quarterback in the nation He also was all-state basketball. And I told him when I interviewed him, I said, I'm glad that you played all those sports because I'm sure all the other coaches are going, what are you doing? I'm sure the baseball coach was like, what are you doing? You're going to break your kneecaps playing football. He just said, I knew I'd never play basketball again the rest of my life, so I wanted to play in high school. And he played all-state. So just think about that, number one overall pick and number one quarterback in the nation. Well, he made the right choice. And he won three batting titles as a catcher three times no other catcher has won a batting title three times he has six gold gloves he has three silver sluggers and this is for a guy who is six five that's not easy when you're that tall to play catcher to get down like that um and now people are saying well this opens the door for buster posey which is interesting and you go well you look at it buster posey is like halfway to 3,000 hits to me, Buster Posey is not even worth discussing. He's just the in. Now, is it because I'm from the Bay Area and I watched his whole career? I guess. I can't believe that Buster Posey is even a question. And remember, I'm really tough. I don't think everybody should go in. I think Buster Posey is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But as I said, Helton, two years ago, got 52% of the vote. And then last year, 72.2. So it's like, he's getting close. Like I said, great player, three sixteen career hitter, 2,519 hits, 369 home runs, three gold gloves. He is elite, but never in my time as a fandom watching his entire career was I like, Oh, Helton's going to the hall of fame, you know, and I'm going to talk about the guys who didn't get in as well. I coming up, um, I don't think it's a disgrace that Todd Helton got in. I mean as I said, he's a fantastic player. He was a one play, he was a one team guy. He lent his deer meat to Clint Barmas when he fell down the stairs. It's another story. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but like I said, I don't think it's a disgrace. I just think it's weird that 6 years of getting closer, getting closer, getting closer. Why? Because it's like, you know, you know, we haven't given Al Pacino an Oscar. We haven't? Why don't you give it to him for a cent of a woman? It's like a lifetime achievement award. That's what it is for Todd Helton. It's just, this is for having a great career. And you're like, yeah, that's what the Hall of Fame is. Uh, I disagree. You don't put someone in the Hall of Fame because he had a great career. You put him in the Hall of Fame because he's a Hall of Famer. And... And, well, he can say he is one now, so congrats to him. Your thoughts, 1-800-878-PLAY. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back.
8: Yeah. Yeah.
9: What's that on that beat, Hope I'm different, yeah, I'm different. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. Pull up to the scene with my ceiling missing. Pull up to the scene with my ceiling missing. Pull up to the scene with my ceiling missing. Pull up to the scene with my ceiling missing. Missin. Middle finger up to my comrade.
1: That's 800-211-6008. That's 800-788-1495.
12: What you gonna do with all that junk? All that junk inside my trunk. My
5: hump. My hump. My lovely lady hump. I don't even know what that means.
13: No one knows what it means. It's provocative. No, it's not. gets the people going. (laughs)
14: kittle got a black belt in keeping it real.
3: All righty then. Thank you for that. And uh, Twitch.tv is up and running. If you don't know what that is, there's an app for it as well. <clears throat> Someone uh, yesterday was watching me on Twitch on Highway 5. They sent me a little screenshot saying, I'm watching you on Twitch on Highway 5 coming up from San Diego. So I appreciate you tuning in that way it's basically just the camera pointed at me in my Oakland Oaks hoodie and my reading glasses. And I didn't shave facial. I'll never understand facial hair. I just, I don't, I don't know why anyone would want it just as an aside. I just, I don't get it. It feels horrible. It looks horrible. No girl wants to kiss it. You get food stuck in it. Um, I don't know, maybe if I looked super handsome with it. I don't know, I just and it I just feel like I'm the last guy in the world that shaves. I think there's a couple. I remember one year, um, I went through the Raiders program and I just thought, who this is a long time ago. I don't know, like late nineties, early two thousands. I thought, is there one guy that's clean shaven? There was one guy on the Raiders, um, who was clean-shaven that wasn't named Rich Gannon or Tim Brown, and it was Pat Swilling, the defensive end. Uh, what does that have to do with anything? It doesn't. All right, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Beltray, Helton, and Maurer will be going to Cooperstown this summer, and it's a big celebration for you know, a lot of teams if you're a Beltre fan, mostly probably Rangers and the Dodgers. Dodgers, getting the Hall of Famer in for the Dodgers is old hat for the rangers they're like what uh colorado needs some good news they're gonna stink again next year they don't even have a regional sports network they're the worst team in the national league but they'll have the todd helton celebration yeah and then joe mauer a twinkie through and through he will definitely be there as well all right let's go to the phone lines we have my main man christian in houston texas what's going on christian
8: Hi, Rick. I mean, I wouldn't say how's it going, but I'm looking at your Twitch studio right now, or I don't know if it's the Sports Byline Headquarters in San Francisco, and it actually looks like a pretty cool concept.
3: I am in (laughs) the—I'm right here at 300 Broadway, right where North Beach hits the Financial District, a couple blocks from San Francisco Bay and downtown. Yes, I am.
8: I see, I see. It looks pretty cool, dude. (laughs) <laughs> and I see you pointing at me right now. But still, though, point of the matter is, pun intended, <laughs> mm-hmm. I came on to this call to basically ask about the Doc River situation first and foremost. I mean, first of all, you probably remember CNN Sports a hell of a lot more than I do. So were you surprised when it was announced that CNN Sports broke the Doc Rivers news first sooner than anybody at ESPN or even anybody on the WBD slash Turner staff?
3: Well, you never know. By the way, the news is that Doc Rivers will be the new head coach of the Bucks after Adrian Griffin was uh, fired because the uh, Dame Lillard thing hasn't really worked out yet in Milwaukee. So, yes, Glenn Rivers, Glenn Doc Rivers is back uh, I didn't know who had the scoop, but scoops can come from anywhere. And uh so I'm actually not surprised that that uh, one of the big sports networks didn't have it first cuz you never know who's going to who's going to drop it.
8: Yeah, I mean exactly, especially considering the fact that you know, for a lot of people my age, you know, they haven't heard of CNN Sports since the early 2000s. For those of a younger generation, they're like Ooh. We're gonna get fake news or something like that.
3: Well, if you remember, um, Fred Hickman and who was Nick Charles? Thank you, Nick Charles. Those two guys were as legit, and probably I would even say more legit, a team than anybody at ESPN. I mean, those guys, Hickman and Charles. Those guys, even though Nick Charles looked like a Looked like Richard Marks, you know, or or he looked like maybe more of like a singer than a sports guy. But those two guys had the respect and they were legit. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Ted Turner got those guys. I think they've both passed away, uh, I think. But uh, Mm -hmm. if they haven't, I apologize. Pittman more recently. Pittman
8: more recently and Charles, I think back in like 2009. Yeah.
3: But those guys were great. Yeah. So, I mean, they started, CNN started off with a great sports program.
8: Uh yeah. But I'm still kind of surprised that CNN Sports broke the news, even though many people didn't realize it, because now that's going to leave a hole on the broadcast team for ESPN. It's like a lot of people are going to probably be excited, yet probably cringing themselves hearing Mike Breen and Doris Burke do a game. They. I mean, in this day and age, you have to at least have a third person just to run things off, just to run things off of, and set up the worst perk for those important spots during the broadcast, right?
3: Well, let me ask you this: Why would a team that's thirty and thirteen and second in the East fire their coach? I mean, don't you think there has to be something else right. going on that doesn't make a lot of sense?
8: I think that when you got too many stars on the team like, oh, by the way, the Cavs about eight years ago when you had Kyrie and LeBron on the same team, and then he, they got rid of David Blatt because he couldn't win them a title. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about it, but I guess maybe the egos are just running the damn roost, so to speak. I mean, I don't know where this will lead Adrian Griffin afterwards. I mean, after all this is said and done, but I would hope that by getting rid of Griffin for, you know, Doc Rivers, they didn't downgrade, so to speak.
3: Well, there are a lot of people who didn't want Doc Rivers because he's one of these guys that's known as kind of a Marty Schottenheimer. Great regular season, get your team to the playoffs, and then don't do anything. Um,
8: Yeah, but unlike Marty Schottenheimer, at least Doc Rivers has the ring.
3: Yeah, (laughs) no doubt. I mean, they could do a lot worse. I, I just... I feel sorry, and I don't know Griffin from a man, the Man in the Moon, but I, I feel sorry for a guy who has thirty wins, you know, halfway through January, and then he gets fired. So, but but you're right. I mean the 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 players, it uh, either you know Giannis or Dame or someone is like, uh, I don't like that guy anymore. Maybe I'll leave. Uh, never mind. We'll fire him. Yeah,
8: I mean, I think that was kind of you know a punk move in that case. But who knows? If it leads to something incredible, maybe they might be on to something. Mm-hmm. Now the other thing I wanna talk about real quick, I mean I know this would probably be something for the guys that come on after you, the Wrestling Observer Live guys to talk about, but when you think about WWE going to Netflix this time next year, where do you think that you where do you think that the future of major sporting events might lead to because of course peacock playoff game you got the super bowl partially on paramount plus and coming to espn in 2026 i mean you gotta think that the future of sports on cable and regular television is starting to look dimmer by the second i'm surprised radio ain't getting involved
3: (laughs) well radio has been hanging by a thread for 20 years um but uh, yeah, 30, actually, <laughs> uh, pay per view. I mean, that's originally how it all started. I remember in nineteen when I was in college, Giants Vision. You could buy a single Giants game. I think it was f- like four ninety nine for a Giants game, and people were outraged. But it was kind of an experimental thing. But they were a little bit ahead of the game. But yeah, I mean these these streaming services. Um, and we had a playoff game where you had to actually. Uh, pay to to watch it and that's 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 you know it's funny because uh i was listening to bill burr bill burr said he would uh never in a million years pay to watch an nfl game and he said he hopes that all regular season games go to a pay to see so that he can give up on the nfl officially so i think some well, pe- I some mean- people would do that <laughs>
8: Well I mean they already do that overseas for the NFL game plan on the zone outside the US and China of course. So, you know, that's kind of crazy to think that there's already a service like that outside of this country, but you have to think. I mean, I hope that the NBA doesn't do anything like that and they got broadcast rights coming up, even though I being the nostalgia the nostalgia that I am. I'm hoping that they come back to NBC, but who knows. <laughs> well, I mean
3: right now I pay for Peacock, Paramount Plus and ESPN Plus to watch soccer. I'm already paying if I if it wasn't for soccer I wouldn't have e- either of any of those. Absolutely none of those. So that's looks like that's the uh, the future. Hey, Christian, always good hearing from you, man. Thanks for the call.
8: Hey, thanks for having me on, and I'll talk to you on social media until then, at Ritt Tittle. It's been fun. Enjoy your live studio work.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you very much. The Twitch.tv webcam is in effect. The lines are available. Come on back at 1-800-878-PLAY.
15: For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys.
16: U.S. price participation may vary. Includes choice of T.V.C. or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nuggets, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher.
9: Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family? You never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. 800 943
1: 2153. 800 943 2153. 800 943 2153. That's 800 943 2153.
12: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
6: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Addiction is a disease, and diseases need treatment.
1: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-378-3508. 800-378-3508. That's 800-378-3508. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
0: You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
1: Well, thank you very much. Can I be in charge for a
13: while? Sir, yes, sir. Are you shook up? Are you nervous? Sir, I am, sir. Do I make you nervous? Sir? Sir, what? Are you about to call me an...
14: Rick Tittle, you done broke my heart, but I still take you back. You hella fine.
3: Oh, check me out. Check me out on the Twitch like Christian in Houston is doing, like people driving up Highway 5. Um, I know it's hard when the curtain gets pulled back and be like, that's what Rick Tittle looks like.
4: Ew, it's so sick.
3: All right. Beltray, Helton, Maurer, in. Billy Wagner, 73.8% of the vote. Oh, so close. That was his ninth time on the ballot. That means he gets one more shot before it goes to the veterans, people. Contemporary veterans, modern veterans, new veterans. Billy Wagner was a great member. There was a while there where there were no closers until they finally said, all right. I guess I can put Lee Smith in. I guess. All right, let's go to New York City with Charlie. What's going on, Charlie?
17: Rick, I was going to call and talk about all the free agency acquisitions and, and trades the A's made, but <laughs> I'd rather talk about the uh, our beloved Raiders because yeah. that's all I have to talk about. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts about one Mr. Tala- Telesco from the Chargers as a, our new GM? And when I say our, yes, we are both members of the Raiders.
3: Uh, is that official now?
17: Yes, he is officially the new GM.
3: Well, Tom Telesco, I, of course, got fired alongside uh, the uh, the head coach there, Staley, in in San Diego. Now, if you want to look at what he did well, he certainly drafted better than anybody on the Raiders. He drafted Keenan Allen out of Cal, Joey Bosa, Derwin James. The Raiders passed on him. Justin Herbert was no brainer. Melvin Gordon, um. He signed, uh, or he traded for Khalil Mack. Um, now he did sign J.C. Jackson to that five-year, eighty-two yeah. and a half million-dollar deal. Apparently, that was his downfall because he only played seven games, and then they, and then and he, he
17: said it was a mistake. Yeah, he, he, came he out
3: apologized. He said it was a swing and a miss. But Clive Davis, the the the, the music producer, I remember I watching that documentary, and he said, "I thought the Funky Kings would be the biggest thing ever." I never heard of the Funky Kings. He goes, no one bats a thousand. So um, usually when you have a sad sack organization like Sandy or whatever they're called, L.A., sad sack organization, they don't want him there. And then the Raiders are like, mm, we'll take him. The, my first reaction is, really? You want their cast off? But I will say he's more accomplished than Ziggler.
17: Yeah, if you look back, it just since. Uh, Al passed on you had Hugh Jackson was the de facto GM and head head coach when he passed but you know McKenzie was a rookie Uh, Mayock Ziegler uh, I think I'm leaving someone else out but they have had no one in there with any experience whatsoever I if they were going to go with a rookie head coach, then I think it was important to get someone in there with experience. I think you'd be flirting with disaster if you had a rookie GM like Champ Kelly and and then a rookie head coach. Mm-hmm. I also like the fact that uh, there's no relationship between the two, whereas Kelly and Pierce seem to be tied at the hip a little. Uh, I get leery now of all of uh, when head coaches and GMs are buddy-buddy.
3: <laughs> well, think about um, this too, Charlie. The three guys he hired as head coach, Mike McCoy, Anthony Lynn, and Brandon Staley. yeah. So uh, maybe yes, we're that, glad that he wasn't picking.
17: <laughs> that, yes, if you wanted to knock that, for sure. <laughs> but you can't knock him for assembling, uh, drafting well, for the most part, and assembling good teams they, they clearly the team underperformed yeah. over the last few years yeah, and they had a they, stupid they coach should've... they would
3: have been in the playoffs for the fourth time under his watch if the guy didn't call timeout but this means we say goodbye to champ kelly thanks for your time well
17: he, he's under contract but i would assume he's not going to stay on as an assistant GM. yeah maybe I he will that. yeah um uh, so, uh, who knows? I, 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 you know, what does that mean? It means probably Justin Fields won't be our quarterback, which I'm all, all right about. Please. I did read. I, I, I read a little thing that don't be. Or this one uh, quote unquote NFL executive said, don't be surprised if the Raiders try to make a move for Russell Wilson. Which then I think I would disown the team if they, <laughs> if they brought in. Listen, I'm not opposed to any of these quarter. If they go out and draft a stud. Quarterback or a perceived stud quarterback, and you want to bring in Russell Wilson for a year or two? I guess I'm all right with that. I'm of the mindset if you're going out and if you can get a whomever, say a Penix or Jaden Daniels or whoever you can get your hands on, I'd start him day one. Yes, you know, you know, why we, you know, blanking around here, you know, uh, CJ Strouds day one, boom in the playoffs, win a playoff game, so. Uh, you know, I'm beyond being. You know, I no longer are excited about this team, but I'm glad they didn't go with some unknown. You know, uh, I'm glad this guy's had ten plus years of experience. He knows how to build a roster. He, he he he's in that division, so um, you know, you know, we'll see we'll see where we go. I mean, he also um, sounds
3: like a gas station too. Did you go to uh, Chevron? No, I went to Telesco.
17: I know, I know. I, I <laughs> making fun of his name. Uh,
3: Woohoo, people in glass uh, houses.
17: <laughs> anyway, that's all. I just wanted to get your two cents on uh, the GM. Hiring, yeah, no, uh, I think
3: that uh, they could have done a lot worse, but it's just the stain of well, the Spanos well, family.
17: No, I know, and 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 uh, you know, now the next, like I said, it all comes down to who now, who which OC they're gonna, you know, now you. They're talking about uh, some guys I've never even heard of, Alex Van Pelt, I think he was with the Browns, Yeah, the, the former OC from the Bears. I, I, I want I want someone that's like, anyone from the Sean McVay tree, this guy, Zach Robinson, I think his name is. Yeah, the uh, former someone, quarterback, yeah. Yeah, someone like that. I don't want a guy, you know, I'm not a, you know, Chicago led the league in rushing the last two years, but... I. Let's get a young dynamic. You know, let's move with the times here. So we'll we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, anyway that's all I got, buddy.
3: Thanks. I appreciate it. That's uh, Charlie out there in New York City. New York City. Yeah, I saw the Zach Robinson comparisons as well. The uh, Steelers are bringing him in. Um, what's interesting is that he, uh, you know, I do remember him. Uh, as a player, he was a, a Lions quarterback for about, I don't know, five minutes. But he was a big star at Oklahoma State. And, uh, it you know, it didn't happen for him, uh, obviously, in the NFL as a player. And he's sort of like a Mason Rudolph type of guy if you want to do that, okay, state. um, <clears throat> But uh, he had a good senior bowl, and and he ended up getting – Barely drafted. I think he was like a seventh-round pick uh, back in the day. <clears throat> um, and then the uh, the Patriots drafted him in the seventh round, and I think he cut him, and then he, Seahawks, and as I said, Lions, Bengals, but whatever. He began his coaching career, as Charlie mentioned, under Sean McVay. And Sean McVay hired him to be the quarterback coach when Zach Taylor went to be... Uh, the head coach of the Bengals. And so, I mean, does this guy really know what he's doing? I don't know. We won't find out. Remember, the the first time Al Davis ever went outside the organization to hire a head coach was when he hired Mike Shanahan from Denver. And he came in and told Howie Long, don't sit on your helmet. It is ridiculous offense where the wide receivers would split out wide. They'd get set. And then they would take a step inside, reset, and then they'd take another step outside and reset. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's an overcoacher. Horrifying. And they finally fired him and put in Art Shell. Of course, Mike Shanahan would go on <clears throat> to have success in Denver. Uh, and uh, so it's not like he couldn't coach. And his son is a pretty good coach right now. The only other time they went outside the organization was the hot young offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, John Gruden. What if he became a head coach? And I remember going out to Alameda for the Raiders practice when John Gruden got hired, and he was holding... You know, there are tackling dummies, tackling bags, whatever you want to call them. And then there are these things that are literally like shields. They're big pads... With two hands on them, with two handles. You can either put your whole forearm through or hold them with two hands. And it's basically you bump somebody as they go by. And John Gruden was out there running around and he was holding one of those bags and he was like bumping people. He was a little guy, this little skinny guy. And I thought, oh, this John Gruden is fired up, man. He looks hella fired. But you never know until you hire him. I will say this I was watching Mel Kuyper Jr last night. Now remember Mel Kuyper Jr. loved Pat Barnes coming out of Cal. He loved Kyle Bowler coming out of Cal. I think Mel Kuyper loves everybody. I really do. I kind of think like when he was in school um, he'd probably have a crush on every girl in the class. (laughs) What about her? She's beautiful. What about her? She's lovely. What about her? Never seen a prettier girl. But he said, because um, he's, he's really high on Jaden Daniels. The reason I'm not high on Jaden Daniels, I think he plays with a little bit of lethargy. I call him the Robbie Cano. If you ever saw Robinson Cano play second base, a ball would get hit to him.
8: And he would
3: feel it and then kind of read it. No, it's the commissioner's signature. Get a two-seam grip. No, let's go four-seam and then throw it sidearm to first base and barely get the guy out. Plus, he has toothpick legs. Jaden Daniels. Now, if they drafted Jaden Daniels, I'd get behind him. I wouldn't think it was a disaster. I'm just not a big Jaden Daniels guy because he's so skinny. Uh, Caleb Williams, people who, I mean, you talk about, he is one of the most polarizing players I've seen in a long time because you either absolutely love him. And I know someone that worked at the Pac-12 Network and said, you have to draft him. I'm just telling you, I've seen everything. What about him crying? Don't worry about him crying. But yeah, I saw Mel Kuyper yesterday on ESPN, and he's talking about North Carolina's Drake May. And he goes, Now, uh, Drake May in his last couple games last year didn't look good, and he missed his receivers, and he was thrown over their heads and worm burners. And goes, oh, but I love Drake May. I'm like, Wow. Mel Kuyper Jr. said, I love Drake May, but he likes Jaden Daniels better. So I I don't know. I mean, the last time we went to North Carolina, we have to have him. Who is that? Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky was, he got there. There's somebody else was starting that guy left. They brought in a freshman and he didn't even start over that guy. He only started one year. He couldn't beat out two other guys. Now you could say, well, I mean, Tom Brady was the same thing, but still, you know, it's a hard position to prognosticate, but Uh, I'd rather have panics over Williams, May, and Daniels any day. I might even want Bo Nix over those guys, too. (laughs) Rick, don't get crazy. All right, I'm getting crazy now. Come on back.
1: It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855 325 5647. 855 325 5647. 855 325 5647. That's 855 325 5647. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national health care alert
16: regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy.
18: Talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs. I just hope we can win a game.
14: Kittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now, back to Fat Boy.
3: Uh, I just found out today that Ichabod Crane was a real guy. He was a Civil War general. I didn't know that. The thing that blew my mind, Now you say I'm dumb. <clears throat> when I was in Providence last month, I went into this old, old pub. And they said, uh, you got a Pilsner? And they go, we got the Von Trapp Pilsner. And I went, oh, like the sound of music. And they go, yeah, same family. And I went, ha-ha. He's like, no, it's from Vermont. Uh, I mean, what? He's like, yeah, that was a real family. I was like, it was? <laughs> the hills
4: are alive.
3: So I had to look him up. Georg von Trapp, the most successful sub commander in World War I for Austria Hungary or Germany, if you like, sunk 11 ships French, Greek, Italian, British. And then when World War II started, he wanted to get out. And yes, he had a singing family and he brought in a tutor and he was like 50 and she was 21 and he married her. But the whole thing about them trying to get into Switzerland, in real life, because he was such a big shot, he just showed his ID and they let him in. And then he went to the United States. So, yeah. I I, I don't know. What am I going to find out next? Chewbacca was real? He went to uh, uh, Lowell. High school and San Francisco State. <laughs> Rick, you thought Chewbacca was fake? All right. More about Georg von Trapp on the other side. Come on back on Sports Biling.
19: I'm Tim Berg. Former President Donald Trump is the winner of the Republican New Hampshire primary. Trump defeating former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Earlier Haley said the primaries are a marathon, not a sprint, while looking ahead to the next contest. Freezing rain and snow are causing headaches for millions of Americans in the Midwest today. The National Weather Service says icy roads and possible power outages are possible from Kansas up to Maine. Illegal immigrants continue to enter the country across the southern border. But a bipartisan border deal could soon be coming. Maine Republican Senator Susan Collins says the price tag will likely pass $14 billion. But some GOP lawmakers want to see the text of the bill before they consider it. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby is calling on House Republicans to act.
18: The idea that we don't have a plan or a strategy or we're not taking this seriously is just not borne out by the facts. And, you know, again, if the if the folks in the, on the House Republican side are, are serious about border security and they claim they are, then they should act on the supplemental request. And, you know, let's negotiate this in good faith.
19: And regarding that supplemental bill, Senate Minority Leader from Kentucky, Mitch McConnell, reminds everyone on the House floor.
20: I don't want to lose track of what the rest of the supplemental
19: is about. I mean, the world is basically at war. United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby is disappointed in Boeing's recent issues that have led to United planes being grounded. Kirby saying on CNBC that Boeing needs real action to fix its reputation. The FAA launched an investigation into Boeing and ordered the grounding of close to 200 Boeing 757 MAX 9 aircraft after a door plug panel flew off an Alaska Airlines flight earlier this month. This is USA News.
13: Hey, here's a question. After you wear your clothes, you toss them in the washing machine, right? Nobody wants to wear dirty clothes. So how come we don't throw your shoes in the washing machine when they get dirty? I mean, come on. Your shoes are touching the filthy ground all day long. Gross. Well, with Skechers, you can. Because most Skechers are machine washable. That's right. Skechers are specially made so you can toss them right in the washing machine and keep them clean and looking new. And when they look new, you can confidently wear them longer. That's less shoes you're going to want to throw away, which means less waste. And it'll save you tons of dough. I love that. Plus, machine washable Skechers are for the whole family, men, women, and kids. So when your kids get their shoes dirty, oh, and we know they will, just wash them brilliant and even our latest technology new hands-free sketches slip-ins are washable you just step right in and go without bending down or even touching your shoes so give your sketches the same treatment you give your clothes just toss them in the washing machine and keep them looking brand spanking new find machine washable sketches at a sketches store sketches.com or wherever stylish footwear happens to be sold
19: President Biden is requesting $110 billion in total aid for Israel and Gaza, Ukraine, the Indo-Pacific, along with immigration reform. The figurative doomsday clock is staying the same this year, according to the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. The clock's annual update is used to represent the threat of a man-made global catastrophe. CEO of the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, Rachel Bronson, spoke about the clock.
14: Last year, we expressed amplified concern by moving the clock to 90 seconds to midnight, the closest to global catastrophe it has ever been. The risks of last year continue with unabated ferocity and continue to shape this year.
19: Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is in Nigeria meeting with officials to strengthen relations between the two nations. The Secretary talks about Africa alongside Nigerian Foreign Affairs Yusef Tugger saying that, in part, the United States is committed to strengthening genuine partnerships on the continent.
17: Nigeria, as Africa's largest country, largest economy, largest democracy, um, is essential to that effort.
19: Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin made his first public appearance after his hospitalization on Tuesday, Austin participating in a virtual meeting Tuesday with nations providing Ukraine with military assistance.
20: For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg.
1: That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline.
8: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
10: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tiller with you. Coast to coast, border to border, and around the world. On the American Forces Radio Network. I almost sounded like Trump right there. It's unbelievable. People are saying, is that the greatest (laughs) you've ever seen? Uh, Getting the odds on Super Bowl 58 MVPs. And yes, two teams on this list won't be going. Those players. But right now, Lamar Jackson is the favorite to be Super Bowl MVP, even though he might not be in it, as I mentioned. Brock Purdy is second favorite. Amy Trask. Patrick Mahomes is third. Christian McCaffrey is fourth. Then it goes Jared Goff, Travis Kelty, Amon Ross St. Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Nick Bosa. So, six 49ers there in the top ten. Uh, I saw one that was interesting. There are a few five hundred to ones and some of them might be worth it. I mean, McCall Hardman is five hundred to one. What if McCall Hardman has three touchdown catches? Do they still give it to Mahomes? I mean it's you could. Marquez Valdez Scanling is also five hundred to one. We've seen wide receivers be MVPs like Fred Blitnikoff and Jerry Rice. It happens. Dalvin Cook is 500 to 1. What if Dalvin Cook of the Ravens runs for 150 yards? It's 500 to 1. If it was 10 to 1, I'd say screw it. But take a $5 bill, bet a dollar. Will they take a dollar? Will they even take a dollar? I'd bet $1 on five of these guys just for fun. Kyle Yuschek, 500 to 1. What if Kyle Yusha picks up a fumble and throws a 99-yard touchdown pass? Uh, probably won't happen. But thems is the odds. All right, 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. 1-800-878-7529. Get in and get heard wherever you might happen to be listening around this great land of ours. We got Joe DeSina coming up next, and uh, he is with Spartan Race. Come on back.
9: Jim Gaffigan here with some more Straight Talk. Now you can get a Walmart Plus membership, plus not pay for it. Because it's included with Straight Talk Wireless plans. You get free delivery with Walmart Plus, plus a Paramount Plus subscription included. Plus, you pay less for
18: gas. That's a lot of pluses. Only Straight Talk gives you unlimited 5G data and Walmart Plus included on select plans for free. Straight
9: Talk Wireless, available at Walmart.
18: Requires service on gold or platinum unlimited. One offer per eligible account. Paramount Plus essential plan only. Separate registration required. Additional terms apply.
15: What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law, and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-771-4125. That's 800-771-4125. 800-771-4125. 800 771
3: All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Uh, when we get Joe Decina, we'll throw him on the air. That's what we'll do. one 800 a We'll get to the other Hall of Fame guys here in a second, but I just wanted to bring this up while we're waiting for Joe Decina. There's a uh, article today in the San Francisco Chronicle about how Live 105 KITS, it's a FM alt-rock station, is... Um, Going back to its original format, it was known as Alt-105 and then Dave-FM, which I thought was hilarious. Very cool. But they've put an ad in the trades or whatever, uh, online, internet. Aaron Axelson, the music director, former DJ, he says, uh, We need new DJs, apply, and uh, no experience necessary. In fact, uh, that might be even better. And um, I didn't even blink. And some people have been complaining, saying that that really sucks. And uh, what about us who are paid your dues, uh, our dues? And I can't believe I'm hearing this. (laughs) This is like swinging a hammer. No one cares where you went to school. No one cares what type of background. What if you have a graduate degree in journalism? Does that mean that you should move ahead of somebody more talented than you? We had this competition, said we, it wasn't my idea, but when I was at 95.7, it was called Lucky Break. And it was mostly so Jason Barrett could like hold court in bars. He liked a lot of attention. But anyway, he and and Dibley and Brandon Tierney, they were the judges. And it had opened it up and it was kind of like this American Idol and whoever won was going to get a one-year contract on 95.7. And the guy who won was named Daryl Johnson, the guru longtime caller at KMBR. Pete Franklin called him the guru. And <clears throat> so they threw him on the air with no training. It was the most sink or swim thing I've ever seen. And I remember listening to one of his early shows, and it was it was really, really bad because he, di- he didn't know what he was doing. And so a few of us took um, – him under our wing and just try to teach him nuts and bolts of getting in and out of segments and interviews and things and pacing and what you should do just on a four-hour show. And he has worked there ever since. And in fact, he's uh, been there, I would probably say, over uh, 10 years now. I remember my buddy Drew Hoffer, who had no experience, was outstanding, absolutely outstanding at what he did. And so um, it's it's a meritocracy. And so to hear anybody complaining that it's not fair, uh, it really just makes me laugh.
4: It's
3: like if you were good, they'd pick you. All right. Um, we now have found Joe DeCena, and he is the man behind Spartan.com. And, of course, that is Spartan Race. We had him on the show in 2016, 2018, 2021, and we're having him back. The 2024 season is kicking off. Joe, welcome back to the show, and I didn't realize that it's actually a, a season, so how does that work?
18: Yeah, so basically, basically the sun never sets on Sparta. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, but but uh, there is a moment between you know Christmas and New Year's where we don't have many events around the world, and the season is now starting uh, towards the end of January, February, where it really, it really gets going.
3: Uh, it, for people who don't know what Spartan is, it's not just uh, a race. There are like I look at the Beast, twenty-one kilometers, thirty obstacles. So, could you tell us when I say obstacles, that doesn't just mean jumping over a gate. What are these obstacles?
4: Well,
18: if you can, if you can imagine a military um, confidence course where you're climbing ropes, you're going over walls, you're crawling under barbed wire, you're doing everything short of being shot at. Um, but it is. It's brutal. For most people it's like climbing Mount Everest. Not not to scare anybody. It's um it's a tough tough day for people, but it's incredibly rewarding and people get to meet themselves when they're out. They get to find out who they are. When you
3: get that medal it's got the snakes on it, the purple, the silver. I mean, I, I think for a lot of people, getting that actually is, is probably more important than maybe even winning an, an Olympic medal, and I'm serious about that.
18: More important than mar- marriage in some cases. <laughs> I mean, this, is, <laughs> this, is, this is like the biggest thing in most... We, we have 1.2 million people a year that do one of our events, and when I talk to those people, many of them hang the medals in their bedroom, it's their reason for waking up. I mean, it's unbelievable what it's become. Um, And I think it's because this world we live in is so soft and and comfortable.
3: I see that uh, for Bay Area people, you got one out in Oakdale coming up in March, uh, March 30th and uh, 31st. How does that go when... Because obviously you need a lot of uh, land and property and you got to build these things. Um, are you guys kind of like a band on the go? Or is it... Uh, um, you know, it takes like... A, it takes a village to get this done.
18: It's an army tour. We, we show up with 50-plus people, tractor trailers, 800 volunteers, and it is a big job to put it on. You know, one year we were in Rome, Italy, mm. and, and the Pope... Uh, decided to anoint a new saint. And so he told us, normally you have 14 days to set up in Rome. You now have 14 hours. I don't know how my team got it done, but they got it done.
3: That's pretty amazing. And then it's funny because I looked at Colorado Springs and a couple of years ago, I climbed something called the the Manitou Incline. I don't know if you know what that is in Colorado Springs, but uh, it, it starts like at seven thousand feet and ends at nine. And I'm a former college athlete, but I'm not in the shape I used to be. And it was a beast. Mostly, I think, not just because of the heat, it was the altitude. So, what about doing one like at Colorado Springs, where you're already already over five thousand feet up?
18: Yeah, no, it's it, it's challenging. I've done I've done that climb, so that that is a, a beast of a climb. And and we are out there in in Colorado. We are in really tough environments if somebody wants to level up and hit a big mountain course we've got them um and yeah when you've got lack of oxygen it makes it you know twice as hard and how
3: about the guy and the gal out there is saying all this sounds too easy i want the ultra 50k 60 obstacles i bet you've seen a trail of tears with this one
18: I've, I've, I've walked the course backwards many times uh, during the Ultra, and I've spoken to participants, and I've asked them. I'm not kidding. I've asked them their name, what day it is. They, they, they can't get it right. They're hallucinating. <laughs> it's another, it's another <laughs> world doing the Ultra.
3: Well, let's talk about season passes for people who one is not enough. How does that work?
18: Well, just like in skiing, they buy a season pass. And what that does is it, it forces them – to do more than they otherwise would have. You know, when we buy a season pass or if you're lucky enough to buy a boat or maybe unlucky enough to buy a boat, right, you end up using it. <laughs> so we, um, we actually have a saying, right? Burn the boats and buy a season pass because, because now you're in this position where you're basically screwed. You've got to utilize the pass. And that means you're signing up for a lot of races. You're training, you're going to bed early, you're eating well. Um, so the pass, the pass is a powerful motivational tool.
3: And uh, we just have about a minute. Kids can do this too, huh?
18: Kids do do it. We get about 150 thousand kids a year from all over the world. Uh, China, by the way, is really leaning in to kids. We'll get 25 thousand kids out to a race in China. Wow! So it is. It is. A, it's a big thing, and and um, and kids need it today. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of putting every kid in the military or some form, of, just to teach them how to make their bed, wake up in the morning, polish their shoes. You know, so. So we, 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 give, we give kids a little taste.
3: Yeah, we got spanked. Now that they don't get spanked, they need this, right? <laughs> they need this. They
18: don't get spanked. They, we can't talk. We can't he, her, his, them. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right. Everybody, once again, it's Joe DeSina. Go to Spartan.com to find out about this and so much more. Joe, thanks for coming on, man.
18: Thanks for having
3: me. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back on Sports Byline.
16: Life insurance is one of those things that just about everybody needs, but few people actually have. Hey, if you die unexpectedly without life insurance, guess what? You'll leave your family with even a bigger mess.
9: Why don't you quit so we can get us a real coach?
14: Tittle can usually be found at He Baby Mama House.
3: Hey, thanks for that, and welcome back to the show. The lovely and talented Leah McKendrick coming up in the next segment with her new movie, Scrambled. It's all about eggs. All right, so the Hall of Fame, Beltray, Helden, Maurer, all in. Beltray and Maurer, first timers, Helden, sixth. Billy Wagner did not get in, 73.8%. 422 saves, ranks sixth all-time. I can just tell you, when he was with whatever team he was with, I mostly think of him as an Astro, that guy threw gas. Um, He was about as fearful as a closer. You know, he was in that era of the Eric Gagnés and guys like that. Mariano Rivera was going at that time, too. But, I mean, he was really a guy who was money in the bank. So next year will be his last year on the list, and uh, we'll see if he makes it. Gary Sheffield, 63.9%. This was his 10th year, and now he must go to the Contemporary Era Committee. They don't meet again until next year. So he, uh, his, Gary Sheffield, his first year on the list, 11.6%. So in nine years, he got to 63%. It's just stupid. Beltre is either, I mean, sorry, Sheffield is a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer. Um, so remaining on the ballot, Andrew Jones. I remember when he hit a homer in the World Series, it was like the first player to be born during the Carter administration. And we're like, whoa, he's so young. Sounds old now. 61.6%. Uh, Carlos Beltran remains on the list. Alex Rodriguez, 34.8. He's not going to climb. Neither is Manny Ramirez, 32.5%. Chase Utley. I can't believe people were saying Chase Utley was a Hall of Famer. Give me a break. Chase Utley was a good player. Hall of Famer? People are acting like he's Ryan Sandberg or something. By the way, Ryan Sandberg announced he had some health problems, so all the best to him over the weekend as well. Omar Vizquel, if Omar Vizquel didn't have some, uh, and he's been on the show a couple times, um, if he didn't have a few unsavory things happen in his personal life, maybe he'd be higher than 17.7%. Uh, Bobby Abreu, 148 Jimmy Rollins, 14.8 out of Alameda. Andy Pettit, 13.5. Andy Pettit, were it not for the PEDs, who knows what Yankee fans, they control the Hall of Fame where they'd have him. Mark Burley, Mark Burley got 8.3% of the vote in his fourth year. K-Rod, 7.8. Torrey Hunter, 7.3. I know Scott Osler voted for Torrey Hunter. And David Wright, 6.2 6.2%. David Wright, Mr. Met, meet the Mets, meet the Mets. I'm surprised he doesn't have more. Well, he's not a Yankee. Uh, that's true. So guys who have fallen off the ballot, Jose Bautista is off, 1.6. Victor Martinez, Vmart, 1.6. Bartolo Colon. Somebody told me that he was offended the way I said it, but that's the way he always said it. He said, 1.3%. Matt Holliday, 1%. Someone voted for Matt Holliday to be a Hall of Famer. Adrian Gonzalez, 0.8%. Brandon Phillips, 0.3%. And then two guys got no votes. One time on... One time off, I have just as many Hall of Fame votes as Jose Reyes, who was a tremendous player, but man, Dominic Jimenez has just as many votes as James Shields. <laughs> and by the way, James Shields gave up a home run to Bartolo. Colon. <laughs> and James Shields was traded for Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, AI could do this show. <laughs> Dominic and I are saying the same thing. <laughs> well, this is the Titillator 3000. 2.0, it's an upgrade. So, uh, yeah, so the Hall of Fame, it'll be a fun summer, I think. And uh, as I said, if you're a Rocky fan, you has now you have two guys in. There's uh, Larry Walker, and there's no chance of Todd Helton wearing an Expo hat because he played his whole career under the CNR clothiers there. Um, And then, um, as I said, uh, you know, catchers have won seven batting titles in the history of baseball and three of those belong to Joe Maurer. That's not too bad. One of them belongs to Buster Posey. And even though I said earlier Buster Posey is a first ballot Hall of Famer, he shouldn't have had one batting title because it was Melky Cabrera, and then Melky Cabrera got caught for roids, and he said, just give it to Posey, who was second, and MLB said, okay. Wow. So next year, next year, the Hall of Fame, there'll be a guy who has a chance, and he should be unanimous, and that is Ichiro. Now, Mariano Rivera is the only one who's been unanimous so far. Oh wait, was Ken Griffey Jr. unanimous? Was he also unanimous? He was? Okay. No, he wasn't. Okay, just Mariano Rivera. I think Ken Griffey Jr. got like 99 something, and then Mariano Rivera was 100%. Yeah. By the way, speaking of Joe Maurer, The only other catcher with 2,000 hits and a 300-career batting average, Mike Piazza, who was drafted as a favor for Tommy Lasorda. Yes. And this millennia, only two catchers have been MVP, Joe Maurer and Buster Posey. Yes. So uh, Ichiro, who already had a great career in Japan, 10-time All-Star, Um, MVP of the American League in 2001, Uh, led the league in hits seven times, won two batting titles. He had 3,089 hits in America, and he had over 1,200 hits in Japan. So he has, if you want to (laughs) count both leagues, he has over 4,300 hits. A career 311 hitter um, as well. Yes, thank you, Dominic, Uh, 99.3% for uh, Griffey, so he just missed it. But uh, also, kid out of Vallejo, California, named C.C. Sabathia. He's a Cy Young Award winner, and he won won over 250 games, an ERA under four, over 3,000 strikeouts, 10 different seasons in the playoffs. Um, ALCS MVP in 09. and um, his 55th and all-time pitcher, W.A.R., if you'd like, uh, places him higher than 12 pitchers who are on the Hall of Fame right now. You get uh, Dustin Pedroia, a kid from Woodland, just outside of Davis, California, Sacramento, up there. Four-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, MVP, But uh, south of 2,000 hits, I don't think Pedroia gets in. Ian Kinsler will be on the list. Great player, but to me, Ian Kinsler is Chase Utley, so no thanks. King Felix, what about him? King Felix, over 2,500 strikeouts, 169 wins, an ERA under 3.5. A Cy Young, never pitched in the playoffs. Now, here's the thing. He has the same stats as Cole Hamels, Kevin Apier, and John Lackey. Now that doesn't sound as good. Other guys on the list for the first time, Troy Tulowitzki, Ben Zobrist, The Grandy Man, Hanley Ramirez, Russell Jacques Martin, Adam Don't Call Me Pac-Man Jones, Brian McCann, and Fernando the Archer. Rodney also will be going on the ballot. Uh, Ichiro is in. We know that for sure. Um, I think King Felix is going to get in just because they feel sorry for him that he never made the playoffs. And um, he does deserve it, I think. He was one of the most dominant pitchers of the entire generation. But, you know, you put him in, but you don't put Dave Stewart in who won 20 games four years in a row. and eh, Just apples and oranges. Uh, CC Sabathia, I would love to see him get in. Uh, to the Hall of Fame, especially that, as I said, he is better than uh, 12 pitchers who are in right now. But even though I hate the Mariners, and I mean I hate them, and Ichiro, who ended his career with the Marlins, remember, uh, but did I dream that? He was with the Marlins, right? I thought I dreamt that. If he's not unanimous, then you got to take away the person. The person doesn't understand baseball, or he just hates Japanese people. Something's wrong if he doesn't get in. As unanimous. All right, come on back on Byland.
7: Remember, getting help from Progressive is so easy. You can use the mobile app, chat with us online, or call us. And you pick now to tell me. I couldn't miss little Grace's ballet recital. Oh, thanks for inviting me, by the way. Did I?
9: Because you know I'm always here for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can use the mobile app if I need help. Sorry, you're in my wife's seat, though. Oh, yeah,
7: I gotta go anyway. (laughs) Tell Grace
0: she nailed her chasse.
5: Get the help you need from Progressive with our mobile app, online chat, or over the phone. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Not available in all states.
15: For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys.
16: U.S. price participation may vary. Includes choice of T.V.C. or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nugs, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher. I'm not
21: insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art critic. That painting is bad.
14: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: I guess I'll take it. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show filmmaker Leah McKendrick because she has a brand new movie coming out from Lionsgate on February 2nd. It's called Scrambled. She wrote it. She directed it. She stars in it. Leah, that's got to be mouthwatering to have this all be your baby. But yet, on the other hand, if it stinks, it's all on you. Isn't that great?
2: It's so great. It feels really, really good to be up here alone, <laughs> thrown to the wolves.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, you can't judge a book by its cover, but I love the the poster. There's all these eggs, kind of the same skin tone, upside down face, and it says used by age. 35 so I kind of think why I think this is a little biological clock thing going on doesn't it
2: that's right how does it feel to not have one
3: <laughs> well we have I other
2: Maybe you can have one that's the secret right <laughs> the secret is you kind of have one but probably not 35
3: <laughs> I guess that's true I'm going to make a movie called I kind of have one
2: <laughs> I'll be first in line to see that movie <laughs>
3: So for you, um, why is it that you say your career began at South by Southwest? What does that mean?
2: Oh, my gosh. I mean, for an independent filmmaker, you really need that break, that that stamp of approval by an entity that is, uh, you know, bigger than you and more glorious than you are. And for me, that entity was South by that. You know, I had made this small film in twenty. 16 it came out 2017 and i had like i had invested every dollar that i had i had fought for it it was my first film it meant the world to me i had like begged borrowed stolen everything for that film and If it didn't get into South by, I just like honestly don't know where I would be. (laughs) I don't even know if I'd still be here making movies, but South by believing in it got me to that next level where I was able to actually make a living at my dreams. And until then, I was still working behind the counter as a makeup artist. So, you know, it it becomes that informative moment and getting to go to South by getting the attention, being able to be considered like a legitimate filmmaker for the first time in my life made all the difference.
3: All right, let's talk about that plot. Nellie Robinson, who you play, she's getting to her mid-30s, the relationship that she's looking for hasn't happened just yet, so she decides to freeze the eggs, And, and normally you just hear that and you go, oh, but I don't think people realize what that means physically, and then some of the other almost like metaphysical questions like, what do we do with the eggs if you die? I mean, all the things that go into that, right?
2: I remember being really blown away that before I started the process, I had to sign this contract that said when you die in the account of your death, what happens to the eggs? Do you want to donate them to science? Do you want to destroy them? Do you want to donate them to a couple or, you know, a, a human that would like to use them and create a human? Or would you like to leave them to somebody? And I decided to leave them to my little sister and let her deal with that mess if I die. <laughs> <You> know, call <laughs> Olivia McCandrick if I die. She's the one that has to figure it out.
3: Well, that's the thing you talk about. We don't have a biological clock, men, but we also don't have the dichotomy of, I want a career and I want to crush the world, but I don't want to wait too long to have kids. But then if I have kids, then maybe I got to put my career on hold. We're not faced with that whole equation.
2: Oh my God, Rick, I'm loving you right now. That is so self-aware and feminist of you to state. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, truly, I, I think... It felt for me, I can't speak for everyone, but it felt for me that somewhere along the line I had made a decision and that was my career. I would rather have a career than a family because I woke up at 34, had no man to speak of, a bunch of random dudes around me texting me late at night, not wanting much, definitely not looking for marriage. But um my career was, you know, I had that to to, to show for my life, and that was what felt like kind of it. And I felt really resentful of that. I felt like, you know, I'm just getting going on my career, but everyone else has a family and a house and, you know, babies, a husband, 401k, you know, I have been left in the dust and I just don't think men wake up at 34 and say, I've run out of time. I think men know that at 34, they're just gearing up. The best is yet to come. So I felt really, um, kind of let down by my anatomy and, uh, really, really bummed and felt like a failure. And I think this process of freezing my eggs made me feel a little bit like a man. What I imagine a man to feel like, like I got time. <laughs> it's all good. I'll get there. <laughs>
3: Speaking with Leah McKendrick, the movie Scrambled coming out from Lionsgate on February 2nd. Uh, I had a friend who she always was very adamant about how she didn't want kids. She didn't want kids, and then she turned forty. And it's different when you say I don't want to, but then someone else says you can't, and then she yeah. she kind of went into a panic, and she's like, I I I, I can't miss this. I kind of so I mean that's the other thing too is that um, you might take one school of thought, and then your your body might tell you to change your mind like that.
2: Absolutely, and I feel for her big time. I I always talk about how if I did not have this clock, if I didn't have this knocking at the door, I would be happy to wait another five years before I think about kids or before I... Because I, I, my career is truly my love and I work really hard. I've worked really hard to get to where I am today. And like we were talking about, I feel like I'm just gearing up and just getting this opportunity to show the world what, I'm, what I have to say and what I'm capable of. And kids just feel like it's gonna take me out of the game. But at the same time, It's kind of this iconic, legendary, incredible, miraculous thing to be able to bring a life into the world. So there's two sides of myself constantly fighting. And I really could see myself saying, no, I don't think I want to do that. And then at 40 being told, well, you missed it and feeling a deep grief with that. So I really feel for your friend.
3: Yes. And uh, like me, you're also a Bay Area kid, right?
2: Shut up. Where are you from, Rick?
3: I'm from, from lovely Richmond, California.
2: I know Richmond. I'm so I'm from San Francisco, but I grew up in the Richmond district. Of
3: oh, the Richmond. You're out in the avenues, girl.
2: I'm in the avenues. You're right. How
3: cool. close? How close to the park were you?
2: So, like two blocks away. So we would walk to the park all the time, and I still walk through the park all the time. And it, it's it's just like the best. It's beautiful and it makes me feel at home. And I um I just went and saw Lakers my first lakers game in the city so when i when i grew up there the lakers were not in the city and they were not any good i mean lakers what am i saying the warriors oh. and i got to go to the warriors stadium and they were like where were they before they were like so far i was like a little girl being driven <laughs> it felt like they were like an hour away from the city and now they're right mm. there and the stadium. so beautiful it's pretty epic
3: well, going, going downtown from the Richmond is a long drive. I mean, it depends. That's, that's cool. <laughs> it depends we couldn't get go.
2: a car back. We had to wait around for like 45 minutes to get an Uber.
3: Uh, uh-huh. Oh Well, listen, um, getting back to Scrambled, the cast, uh, let's talk about a couple people. Ego Wodum, who's so great on SNL, very, very talented, and a guy who I've had in here in studio a couple of times, Cheeto Santino. So this is my last question because I know you got to run. Tell me about Ego and Andrew real quick.
2: Oh, my God. I mean, it's just such a gift to have an actor from SNL because they are so quick. They are so well attuned to humor and they are just such pros. I mean, they have to be. It's like, I mean, the most intense experience to be in front of the country every week. Right. And so she's just such a pro. And I feel like even the emotional stuff that you might think the SNL actor might be, might not, you know, be able to take that on. And she, I mean, shines and flies. I'm so proud of her work. And then of course Santino is just, I mean, you just put a camera on him and he's going, he's gonna, I could not stop laughing. So many of the scenes he had to, shooting you don't know what's going to come out of that guy's mouth you know he's just he's a wild man and i i saw him do stand-up and i harassed him after one of his shows to do my movie he was kind of sitting on the script and wasn't reading it and i was like read my goddamn script because i need my movie so i'm super glad that i harassed him on the streets and he said yes
3: well, we'll all say this. We'll all say yes to this movie on February 2nd from Lionsgate. It's called Scrambled, and it has been uh, written, directed, and stars our guest, Leah McKendrick, local girl made good. If you're ever down here on Broadway, come in the studio. We'd love to have you.
2: I'd love that. Thank you for the invite. I'll be there.
3: All right. Good stuff. Once again, Leah McKendrick, everyone. Scrambled. <clears throat> all right. By the way, I thought it was. Kind of interesting. And if I had more time, I'd ask her. But if you freeze your eggs and then you have a son, could you give him a fun nickname like Frosty? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? Maybe that's not that funny. Rick, that hurts my feelings. I was frozen. I was frozen. All right. Did I wrap up the Hall of Fame talk? I, I think I did. Um, 1-800-878-PLAY. I wanted to get to something, too, that uh, Dean Blandino, which means the little bland one in Italian, uh, he is the former NFL official and the current rules analyst. He's also the vice president of officiating and playing rules innovation for the XFL, which I thought folded But he uh, has mentioned, and um, he told uh, the 33rd team, um, whatever that is, that he thinks that the NFL should adopt a practice that they have in the XFL. Blandino says, Our experience with the Spring Leagues is the narrative has changed around officiating. The narrative is usually always negative. Our experience in the XFL was positive fans walked away with a better understanding and appreciation of officiating. And so what he's talking about is that when it comes to replay, he wants it transparent so there's no conspiracy theories. Now that's kind of going on in England right now with VAR is that, or video assistant referee, we just call it instant replay. And that you can hear the guys talking now. And it's a lot of technical talk. It's kind of weird. It's almost like pilots talking to each other. I think pilots are easier to understand. Um, When I heard that Dean Blandino wanted a rule from the XFL, excuse me, put into the NFL, I thought he meant the thing where you put the ball on the 50 yard line and two guys race out to get it. I like that, but of course that might be dangerous. And so if anything might be dangerous, it must be eliminated from the NFL. We used to have this thing, sit down boys and girls, gather around the fire and the lazy boy, uh, have a brandy and a cigar with me and my Labrador, comb my gray beard. I'm going to tell you about a time when we had something called kickoffs. And 11 guys would, well, 10 guys would run down. The kicker would kind of watch. He'd jog. 10 guys would run down, and then one guy would grab the ball, and then he would try to run. And then uh, he would get tackled. But that's too dangerous. All right, I'm Rick Tuttle. Let's take a quick break. We will come on back on Sports Byline USA.
1: It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647.
12: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
6: I'm really worried about him. His addiction. I haven't seen him like this. Ever. Ever.
1: Humphrey, yes. Did you do any exercises today?
9: Oh, you must mean things like sit-ups and push-ups and jumping jacks. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there were some things like that being done here today. Yeah, there were. Mm-hmm. You know it was me.
14: Rick Tittle beats his servants. I don't
3: beat my servants. By the way, Baker Mayfield, I saw him rumored to the Raiders. What? <clears throat> we'll get every rumor, believe it or not. Um, but Baker Mayfield wants to stay in Tampa Bay. This is what he said about his head coach, Todd Bowles. Quote, unbelievable guy. People say whatever they want on the outside, but that guy's even keeled. He's got some jabs that he throws in, really witty guy, fiery passion. He doesn't wear it on his sleeves like I do, but I respect him. He's a great guy and I enjoyed working through him through all the S that I've been through. I leaned on a lot of people here. I learned I could do that. I have a lot of people that helped me throughout the year and just made it special. So you go through stuff where I was in my life, not just football, and this place helped me out. So I'm thankful. I love this group. I've said that all year, and that's authentic. I mean that, so it would mean a lot for me to be back and for one or two pieces to get brought back and keep this together. Well, he did throw for over 4,000 yards for $4 million. Wow. you'd probably have to get to at least 30 at this point per year. I mean, 25. I mean, that's a big raise from $4 million. But if you have a quarterback that will take you to the final eight and throw for over 4,000 yards for $4 million, that was a hell of a bargain, I'll tell you that. All right, we got another hour. Come on back.
19: News. I'm Tim Berg. Former President Donald Trump is the winner of the Republican New Hampshire primary. Trump defeating former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. Earlier Haley said the primaries are a marathon not a sprint while looking ahead to the next contest. Freezing rain and snow are causing headaches for millions of Americans in the Midwest today. The National Weather Service says icy roads and possible power outages are possible from Kansas up to Maine. Illegal immigrants continue to enter the country across the southern border. But a bipartisan border deal could soon be coming. Maine Republican Senator Susan Collins says the price tag will likely pass $14 billion. But some GOP lawmakers want to see the text of the bill before they consider it. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby is calling on House Republicans to act.
18: The idea that we don't have a plan or a strategy or we're not taking this seriously is just not borne out by the facts. And, you know, again, if the if the folks in the, on the House Republican side are, are serious about border security and they claim they are, then they should act on the supplemental request. And, you know, let's negotiate this in good faith.
19: And regarding that supplemental bill, Senate Minority Leader from Kentucky, Mitch McConnell, reminds everyone on the House floor.
20: I don't want to lose track of what the rest of the supplemental
19: is about. I mean, the world is basically at war. United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby is disappointed in Boeing's recent issues that have led to United planes being grounded. Kirby saying on CNBC that Boeing needs real action to fix its reputation. The FAA launched an investigation into Boeing and ordered the grounding of close to 200 Boeing 757 MAX 9 aircraft after a door plug panel flew off an Alaska Airlines flight earlier this month. This is USA News.
13: Hey, here's a question. After you wear your clothes, you toss them in the washing machine, right? Nobody wants to wear dirty clothes. So how come we don't throw your shoes in the washing machine when they get dirty? I mean, come on. Your shoes are touching the filthy ground all day long. Gross. Well, with Skechers, you can. Because most Skechers are machine washable. That's right. Skechers are specially made so you can toss them right in the washing machine and keep them clean and looking new. And when they look new, you can confidently wear them longer. That's less shoes you're going to want to throw away, which means less waste. And it'll save you tons of dough. I love that. Plus, machine washable Skechers are for the whole family, men, women, and kids. So when your kids get their shoes dirty, and we know they will, just wash them brilliant and even our latest technology new hands-free sketches slip-ins are washable you just step right in and go without bending down or even touching your shoes so give your sketches the same treatment you give your clothes just toss them in the washing machine and keep them looking brand spanking new find machine washable sketches at a sketches store sketches.com or wherever stylish footwear happens to be sold
19: President Biden is requesting $110 billion in total aid for Israel and Gaza, Ukraine, the Indo-Pacific, along with immigration reform. The figurative doomsday clock is staying the same this year, according to the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. The clock's annual update is used to represent the threat of a man-made global catastrophe. CEO of the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists, Rachel Bronson, spoke about the clock.
14: Last year, we expressed amplified concern by moving the clock to 90 seconds to midnight, the closest to global catastrophe it has ever been. The risks of last year continue with unabated ferocity and continue to shape this year.
19: Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is in Nigeria meeting with officials to strengthen relations between the two nations. The Secretary talks about Africa alongside Nigerian Foreign Affairs Yusef Tugger saying that, in part, the United States is committed to strengthening genuine partnerships on the continent.
17: Nigeria, as Africa's largest country, largest economy, largest democracy, um, is essential to that effort.
19: Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin made his first public appearance after his hospitalization on Tuesday, Austin participating in a virtual meeting Tuesday with nations providing Ukraine with military assistance.
20: For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg.
1: That's 800 943 2153.
8: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
10: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: Thank you for that. Hour three is underway. J.D. Sharp will come in. Otherwise, a lot of open lines. Uh, we know the Buffalo Bills kicker, Tyler Bass, missed that uh, crucial attempt, game-tying attempt uh, as the uh, time was slipping away. And uh, yesterday, Sean McDermott, the head coach in Buffalo, uh, was asked about Bass. He said, I am confident on Tyler. I'll start there and end there. But in between two of those, yes, those are kicks we need to make. But I'm very confident he's gonna do what's necessary this offseason to get right. And I'll give, you know, <clears throat> Bass credit after the game he said ultimately it's completely on me. Gotta do a better job getting through to my target. Gotta do a better job of playing a little bit more left when you have left or right win. I've been here long enough to know you have to do that. Uh, I was trusting in my line that I had in warm-ups, hit a good ball, but it didn't work out. I felt terrible, you know? I love this team, and it hurts. This one hurts bad. Yeah, I've got to do a better job. Totally on me. I always wonder about how hard it is to come back from that type of thing. And I, um, my old podcast, Galasso Supremo, I used to do with Dan Dibley about soccer. We had Chris Wondolowski on, and he missed an absolute sitter against Belgium that would have put the United States through in the World Cup. And um, he hit it over the bar. It was harder to miss than hit it. And what do you do? You know, Harry Kane missed a penalty in the World Cup. He he doesn't miss penalties. What do you do? You don't jump off a bridge. You keep going. It's sports. It's going to happen. You're going to mess up. And you think about the the drops that Stephon Diggs and others had. It's just right at the end of the game. Uh, Scott Osler said having a kicker, a guy who looks like he's wearing a football uniform as a Halloween costume come out. He said, you might as well have the head coaches have a pie-eating contest in the middle of the field, which I think is uh, is pretty good. All right, uh, 1-800-878-PLAY. Tune in app, iHeartRadio app, stitcher app, twitch.tv. How's it going there? We got the cameras, camera on me. I used to have cameras and I have camera on me. American Forces Radio Network, you're doing a great job. Stay safe. Come home soon. We're proud of everything that you are doing there as well. All right, I'm Eric Tittle. Come on back.
11: You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today.
1: 800-788-1495. 800 1495 That's 800-788-1495. This is J.D. Sharp. I've been developing a revolutionary sports handicapping
21: service, and you can be a part of the beta. Sign up at BetUS.com with a deposit of as little as $50 and use the promo code SHARPBETTING. Email a screenshot of your account to WorldwideSharp at gmail.com, and I'll reply personally with my plays. My NFL record this season was an industry-best 72-33, and 33, and this is the only way to know all my plays the moment I make them. Let's
9: keep making money together.
19: Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers, AAA star Drew Avens. the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm-up,
4: Rick Tittle is a genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, genius, the best show ever. He's so wonderful, titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is he so handsome? He's a genius. Coming
3: up next, it's your boy Rick Tittle. All right, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle, with you coast to coast. And around the world on the American Forces Radio Network, as always at 1112, we like to uh, check in with J.D. Sharp from Pro Wagering and ProWagering.com. They do the research, and uh, they should tell you who and where to put your money. J.D., the uh, Raiders apparently are going with uh, Tom Telesco as their general manager. Of course, uh, Antonio Pierce uh, was hired first maybe that's a good idea because when he was with San Diego and L.A., his three coaches were Mike McCoy, Anthony Lynn, and uh, Brandon Staley. You never want uh, a team that stinks rejects, um, especially from Dean Spanos. But yet on the other hand, this is the guy that uh, you know drafted um, Derwin James and Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert and traded for Khalil Mack. He did give J.C. Jackson $83 million and cut him after a couple games. I'll say this. He's more accomplished in the draft than the guy Ziggler <laughs> that they had. What are your thoughts? Is he is he discarded and lame, or is this a smart move?
21: I mean, he's done well with draft picks. He's done a good job of, of getting players on that team, too. Eric Hendricks, he drafted Kenneth Murray, Bosa, Herbert, James, uh, Asante uh, uh, Samuel Jr., Keenan Allen. So yeah, I mean he's he's done a pretty good, pretty good job with graphics, and you could argue that Ziegler and Mayock, or was it Mayock then Ziegler? Mayock didn't do a good job, which was surprising. I thought he would do really well, and then Ziegler did a they a pretty poor job as well. But yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a lateral move for me. I, I don't know if it's really a much much of an upgrade, but I think the guy. Uh, he's done. He's done well with quarterbacks. Clearly, Herbert's a Herbert's a, a game-breaking quarterback. He's probably a top-five talent as far as uh, arm talent and uh, just being able to play the position in the league. But is it something I'm really excited about for Raiders fans? No. I mean, I, he's he's serviceable. He, he's done a, he's done a good job drafting within needs, and he's done a pretty good job uh, getting free agents as well. And that might be the upside. Actually, is that his ability to lure free agents into into Las Vegas? Uh, that he already had in L.A., uh, it should be just amplified because of what Vegas has to offer, it, 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 especially when it comes to income tax.
3: You know, it's interesting, too, with some of these moves. Like, you know, the, none of these guys with wearing coats and ties or sweats and headsets on the sidelines, they, they never take a snap. And so I look at the Packers firing the defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, uh, they were 10th in the league in in points allowed, uh, but they couldn't stop the run. And they they really couldn't stop the run until maybe the last couple weeks of the season. Is that really on schemes, or is that just personnel, or you don't want to fire the head coach, so you need a scapegoat?
21: You know, as far as that goes, they didn't stop the run against the the Niners either. And the Niners had (coughs) McCaffrey at 100 yards and two touchdowns. He had the go-ahead touchdown, obviously, and then he had that big one, that big 35-40-yard touchdown. I think it was the second touchdown of the game, or the first touchdown of the game. Um, but they had plenty of talent on that team. Obviously, you know, Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell, you know, T.J. Slayton, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Lucas Van Ness. So, yeah, they do have a lot of talent on that team, I think you could say, maybe. McDuffie's not great. He's a, he's a guy that shouldn't be starting, but he was. Um, but if they? I think when they get a chance to replace him, they will. It seems kind of like a scapegoat situation to me. I mean, they were they were really good at the pass all year long, and that's that's pretty important, you know. If, if you, there's only so many good running backs in the league, especially now. And if you can stop the run to a to a degree against everyone that's not Christian McCaffrey, you're going to win a lot of games. So, but with Pat, there's so many more, I would say, advanced wide receivers and quarterbacks than there are running backs as far as the you know, on on the elite scale. Like back in the day, it used to be a running backs league where you had Thurman Thomas, and Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders. Could even say me like an Earnest Viner. I mean, there was there was multiple guys that were that were really good backs that if you couldn't stop them, you couldn't stop the team. Now you really don't have that outside of McCaffrey, a uh, healthy Nick Chubb when he's healthy. I wouldn't say Jones is that guy. I wouldn't say clearly Pollard's not that guy. Um, anybody in the Ravens, they've got a they've got a running back by committee type of system. That's more of a system thing. So yeah, I think that just because you can't stop the run in and in, in the modern day NFL. I don't think that you should be held really liable for that. If you can't stop the pass, you're going to lose you know, 10 wins, easy, sometimes more. And that just wasn't the case with the Packers. So the Packers were good against the pass. They were not good against the run, but I don't think they really had the personnel to be great against the run. So, yeah, it seems kind of like a scapegoat hired uh, fire to me. I'm not sure why they did it. You know, we were talking
3: yesterday about Cooper Jean out of Iowa as a, a first-round pick. A lot of the mocks I'm looking at now are really in agreement at 1-2-3, which is Caleb Williams to the Bears, Drake May to Washington, Jaden Daniels, to New England. And I heard Mel Kuyper Jr. yesterday talking about how Drake May didn't end the season well. He still loves him, but there were a lot of missed passes and and what have you. I mean, there's always a little caveat emptor. Um, As a Raider fan, I'm a huge fan of Michael Penix. I hope he's there at 13. But I've seen a lot of other mocks where he's not even in the first round uh, anymore. I really like him. What do you think of Penix?
21: He looks really bad against Michigan in the bowl game. We both know that. Uh, but that Michigan D was pretty much an NFL D. They're going to have 10 players on that D. Will Johnson's one of the best corners to come out of college, probably since Patrick Peterson. We're going to find that out soon. He, he absolutely locked down Romo Dunze. And Penix didn't do very well in the face of pressure. Uh, I, I prefer Jaden Daniels to Pennix uh, all day, every day. And I, think, I think he makes perfect sense at three, considering Gerard Mayo's comments as of, as of late, but also just his skill set. And when what New England has been missing from the quarterback position, well, between them, well, not just Tom Brady, not just Mac Jones, but Bailey Zappy as far as having that dynamic threat at quarterback, and do, now, do they have the weapons. Keep in mind, at LSU he had Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas; those are two first round picks. They're similar to Burrow, having both, you know, um, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. So we'll see how Daniels does when he doesn't have that elite talent around him, which he's not going to have in New England. But as far as Penix go, I look at him as maybe a third round type of guy. He's a lefty; his ball his ball rotates kind of weird. He's not a great athlete. He's not really that big. I think that he benefited from the offense a little bit. So you're a little higher on him than I am. So I wouldn't even look at him first round, record.
3: Right? Yeah, I'm a I'm a lot higher. Well, I think we can also agree that four will be Marvin Harrison to to uh, Arizona. So you, you bring up Malik Neighbors. I'm I'm a big fan of Roma Dunze just because I saw him play a lot. Right. I, I didn't see Neighbors as much. And those guys, I mean, they're right there in the top ten. Would you go Neighbors or Dunze?
21: That's a really tough question because Odunze against Michigan looked pedestrian. Now again, he was facing Will Johnson and Will Johnson, Sanistro, Those are that's that's definitely a first round guy. Sandestro's probably a top probably a top two round guy. He'll probably be a second round pick this year. Johnson will be a top five or ten pick at worst next year. Could be the first pick in the draft. He's that good. Um, but neighbors is that dynamic athlete. I don't really see that with Odunze. He's big. He's dominant. 6'3", 215. I know he's fast, but can he perform? against elite, elite corners. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know Neighbors is a game-breaker. But he's also had really a great talent at quarterback throwing the ball with Jaden Daniels, so it's kind of like the same situation with Daniels having Neighbors and Thomas. And I actually like Thomas. I might like Thomas as an athlete more, both, more than both those guys. 6'4", 220, jumps out of the gym. Uh, he's fast enough. He's got great hands. So um, between, between Neighbors and Odunze, just with the NFL as it is now, I would probably choose Neighbors because he's more of that Jamar Chase mold. And Odunze is more of that Terrell Owens mold, but probably not as talented. So, just that's what I would I would prefer neighbors at this point, at least with the NFL as it is. Yeah,
3: Uh, yeah, I think I think Odunze is going to be another AJ Brown. We'll see. One more question too, because these guys are also going back and forth, and they're both going to be top ten picks. Offensive line, would you go Fashionu from Penn State or Alt from Notre Dame?
21: That's a really really good question. Davis Lineman, o Lyman old have been really good. Quentin Nelson, uh, Ronnie Staley, they've done really, really well in the NFL. McGlinchey, mm-hmm. done really well for the Niners. Obviously, they've been coached up and uh, almost all looked at as a top two, top three guy. He needs to put on weight. He's, what, 6'8", six, 6'8", eight, six, eight, 320, something like that. I mean, he's a huge He's a huge guy. Um, he needs to put on some more weight, but if he does that, I think he's got a chance to be a real dominant lineman. He kind of reminds me of Joe Thomas in that regard. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen him play. He did a good job protecting... Um, was Drew, Drew Allar, who was a you know supposed to be a top two type of guy coming out of high school, which looked like nothing of the sort. I also had to get beat a couple of times, get some pretty good competition. So um, I, I'm not as high on either of them. But if I had to choose, my pride choose Alt I think he's just more fundamentally sound, and he, and he has the body to, to to kind of fill out and add to that frame. And he could and he could have that type of an impact, a Joe Thomas type of impact on the team.
3: Yeah, and at one point I saw him number one overall. So I mean, yeah, so
21: did I last year,
3: yeah. yeah. It's pretty crazy. All right. It's JD Sharp. Go to ProWagering, ProWagering.com to check it out. Always enjoy your insights. Thank you.
21: Hey, thanks a lot, Rick.
3: All right. I'm Rick Tito. We'll take a quick break. We'll come home back on Byline.
1: 30-day money-back guarantee, 800-867-6917, 800-867-6917, 800-867-6917, that's 800-867-6917.
20: I gotta go to college. I gotta. Uh,
17: Danny, this is in Russia. Is this Russia?
21: This is in Russia. Is it? Yeah. I
6: think so. <laughs>
14: Tittle ain't the man, but Rick Tittle know who the man is, and he slapped his white fanny.
3: All right, that's a bit much, and I'm quite tired of it. One eight hundred eight seven A play. Let's get in. Let's get heard. The um, USA basketball setup team USA. If you want, they have uh, are getting ready for the Olympics in Paris, France. Allons, les De la Patrie. Sorry. They're going to have some games against uh, Canada and a rematch of the bronze medal game from the World Cup. That'll be in Vegas on July 10th. By the way, um, and, you know, the tickets for that game showcase, there'll also be games in London against South Sudan and world champion Germany. Yeah. July 20th and 22nd. Then they'll hop over to Bali. This would be the summer to spend in Europe, at least in Western Europe, <laughs> because you have the European Championships right after the Olympics. It's going to be a busy June and July over there. July. <clears throat> and um, I remember going to the Coliseum in a warm-up game before the Olympics, right before they left. I can't remember which Olympics was now, but... Um, it was against China, and I thought, how am I getting into that game? I sat, like, almost courtside. No one cared. There was no one at the game. No press was interested. I thought people would care, and nobody did. And I guess it is an Olympic warm-up, but I just remember Carmelo Anthony playing for Team USA. He couldn't miss a shot, and I just was – that was a time when I was like, wow. I mean, I knew Carmelo Anthony was good, but just watching him, no matter what he did, he just wouldn't miss. Man, that guy could score very good, but the USA has announced their player pool, and Steph Curry's on there. Steph Curry has never played in the Olympics. He has played for team USA, and I remember when he won his first MVP, and I went to his press conference and a guy who doesn't talk a lot, and you know Steph Curry's very monotone and you know is, and it's kind of nice that he doesn't talk a lot, but you know his personality is shown on the court, not really with <clears throat> a lot of talking off the court uh you know he and his wife give out free turkeys on thanksgiving they do a lot of stuff um and especially in oakland even though the team is not there anymore but steph curry went around the room he talked about every guy on the team and i asked him about playing for team usa especially in the early days with the bad ankles and he goes you just you know when they ask you got to go and What's interesting is he's played in those FIBA championships for USA, but he's never played in the Olympics. And I thought he would have played in Rio when they had that boat and Draymond went and Kevin Durant went, but he wanted the rest. Well, I think you're in Paris. This is probably going to be his last chance at an Olympics. And so he's on the list as is LeBron James. Now remember LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, they didn't go to Greece. And when the USA won the bronze, everybody was so mad at them. Like Allen Iverson, you suck. And I was like, Allen Iverson showed up and yeah, it's, it stinks that they lost, but why don't you yell at Kobe and LeBron who didn't even go? So here's the list alphabetically. And then they'll find the finalists and we'll just see how it works out. Bam out of bio, Jarrett Allen, Paolo Bancaro, Desmond Bain, Scotty Barnes, Devin Booker, Mike Halbridges, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Jimmy Butler, Alex Caruso, Stephen Curry, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Anthony Edwards, Joel Embiid, De'Aaron Fox, Paul George, Aaron Gordon, Tyrese Halliburton, James Harden, Josh Hart, Tyler Hero, Drew Holiday, Chet Holmgren, Brandon Ingram, Kyrie Irving, Jaron Jackson, LeBron James, Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Bobby Portis, Austin Reeves, Duncan Robinson, Jason Tatum, Derek White, and Trey Young. How do we not, why do we even have an Olympics when you can pull from that team? Well, you got to gel just right. And, and I know that. We've seen it. The next thing you know, you're losing to Croatia or friggin' Lithuania or Spain. Spain's dangerous or France, right? Now, there are a couple of names there where you're like, I don't even know who that is. And a couple of names where you're like, well, he's on the team for sure. Like Steph and LeBron. This is if they're healthy. Hopefully, knock on wood, right? Steph and LeBron are on the team. Jason Le- Jason Tatum's on the team. Kevin Durant is on the team. I mean, these are just guys that if they want to play, they're going to play. Do you think they're going to say no to Kawhi Leonard or Jimmy Butler? No. Uh, and this is the thing about Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid just decided that he was going to play for the USA and not France. Um, so there's some names there, and then you know, but then you get into the Damian Lillard's and Donovan Mitchell's. You think, well, those guys are automatic. Well. How many shooting guards do you need? Do you need a more gritty guy like a Scotty Barnes? You know, does Devin Booker, uh, he's on the team for sure, right? Isn't he? Well, what if KD's taking all his minutes? There's only so many spots. That's the thing. And so I look in the front court. Yeah, you got Embiid. He's on the team. You got the Unibrow. He's on the team. KD is like 6'10. So he can go in the paint, even though that's not his game. But does a guy like Walker Kessler make the team because they just don't have enough big bodies? Does Chet Holmgren make the team just because they need a rim protector? And so you say, how does James Harden not make the team and Chet Holmgren does is because, well, we got enough offense. How does Tyrese Halliburton not make the team when he's going to get MVP votes this year? You know, I don't think guys like I mean, Paul George and Chris Paul, I mean, those are just. And I even think with Harden, the old those old guys, those old guys are not like Curry and LeBron who are still doing it. I mean, I know Harden can score, but nah. I mean, Drew Holiday, you talk about a hard worker in the backcourt, right there. I would hate to see Aaron Gordon, even though he's from the Bay Area. I hate to see Aaron Gordon make the team just because he don't have enough big guys. Which sounds weird, but you know, Bam Adebayo, would he be a guy? that, you know, Steve Kerr and company would say. Is Steve Kerr still a head coach? He didn't get fired, right? I know he did the FIBAs. I haven't really heard.
19: I think he's retiring after the Olympics.
3: Okay. All right. Yeah, because I haven't heard anything, so I just assumed it was still Steve Kerr. But Trey Young, Trey Young is as good as a, a point guard as you would ever want. But if you have a backcourt with... Steph Curry I mean Tyler Hero can fill it up De'Aaron Fox if you were a Warrior fan watching that series against the Kings in the playoffs last year De'Aaron Fox was downright scary he was at one point well I don't want to say one man team he and Sabonis they are basically a two man team but De'Aaron Fox couldn't miss a shot it was frustrating they'd have two guys in his face and he still wouldn't miss a shot but this is why I you know and look, there are guys there, like I mean Alex Caruso, give me a break. Austin Reeves, good player, no. Bobby Portis, no. I I'm 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 not going there. Um so we got something from the A's. All right, we'll talk about that in the break. Uh <laughs> There's always something going on with these. It's bad. Anyway, just to wrap this up, the player pool is insane. How, does how do you keep Anthony Edwards off the team, right? So this is why. I mean, Kyrie, no. Cam Johnson, no. Whew, you know, Duncan Robinson, no. Derek White, no. I almost want to say no to Trey Young. You know, I mean, do you, you could even say no to a Jimmy, could you say no to a Jimmy Butler? Well, when you look around, you can. Every Nick fan will assume Jalen Brunson will be there. And every Celtic fan will assume that Jalen Brown will be on the team. Every Raptors fan will assume that Scotty Barnes would be on the team. Desmond Bain, no. Jared Allen, no. Paulo Bancaro, no. You're young and you're good, but no. So that's the key is you're going to have, what is it, 12 to 15, I forgot what it is, you're going to have an absolute friggin' dream team. Yes, like Barcelona, you're going to have a friggin' dream team. And what are you going to do with it? <clears throat> do they have a better cohesion and teamwork with Argentina? That's the scary thing. All right, 1-800-878-PLAY. I'm Rick Taylor. We'll come on back on Sports Byron.
4: Watching. They're oh, watching. Who's watching me. I always feel like somebody's watching me. And I have no privacy. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Tell me is it just a dream? When I come home at night, I've always worried.
10: I wish I could get this stupid jar open. Jars can be tough, am I right? Who are you? And how'd you get in my kitchen? It's me, Flo, and I'm here to grant your wish of easily switching to Progressive and helping you get a discount that honors the time spent with your previous insurer. Great, but what does that have to do with getting this jar open? Nothing. So you can't open this? Oh, I just do insurance. Jars I leave to the professionals.
5: Sign up for Progressive and opt into more savings. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Not available in all states or situations.
15: What would you do if you had a broken bone? You'd go to the doctor and use your insurance, right? Well, what would you do if you have a serious problem with drugs and alcohol? Most people do nothing, until it's way too late. Your insurance can help you get clean and sober with the assistance of a place like the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Many times, addiction treatment is fully covered. So why not use your insurance to treat your addiction problem just like you would if you had a broken bone? And with the Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed to take time off by law and your employer doesn't need to know the reason. So there are two good reasons. You've got insurance you can use for your addiction problem, and with the Family Medical Leave Act, it's completely confidential. Call now, 800-771-4125. That's 800-771-4125. 800-771-4125. 800-771-4125.
5: Now, during Staples Print Big Sale, get $20 off your print purchase of $100 or more, $50 off your print purchase of $200 or more, and $100 off your print purchase of $300 or more. So the more you print at Staples, the more you save. To demonstrate, print, print, print at Staples. You save, save, save. But if you print, 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 print at Staples, you save, 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 save. See how that works. Staples Print Big Sale. Print more, save more. Up to $100. Ends 210. Visit staples.com print for details.
20: Up next, I hope you'll enjoy a skit by Pedro Sanchez.
14: The man, but Rick Tittle know who the man is, and he slapped his white Fanny.
3: Geez Louise, that's that's uh, very upsetting to hear such a thing. To see such a sport, and the dish ran away with the spoon. One 878 Play as a number to call. One 87875. eight seven eight seven five. Two nine. All right. Well, <clears throat> you know, earlier I had been asking. Why would a coach whose team has 30 victories, a coach who has won more than 70% of his games, get fired? This is Adrian Griffin in Milwaukee. And so I did a little research, and there were some incidents, let's say. The first warning sign came a fortnight before opening night when veteran coach Terry Stotts quit as an assistant coach. He had been hired because he's supposed to be the offensive genius. And apparently there was an incident in a preseason game during a shoot-around versus the Oklahoma City Thunder, and he quit. And apparently Griffin asked the coaches to meet by themselves while the players did individual shooting. And then Stotts went over with Giannis and Damian Lillard and Griffin screamed at him in front of the entire team, saying, this is not the time for that. And so Schatz was humiliated, and he quit. In the second game of the season, the Bucks were playing the Hawks, and the Hawks won 127-110. And afterward, Giannis was searching for answers in an unusual fashion, because while reporters were talking to Damian Lillard, Tento Cuampo made his way to a giant whiteboard that makes up basically an entire wall of the Bucks locker room and then started begin began to diagram plays with Josh Oppenheimer, who bombed Japan and is also an assistant coach. And a lot of reporters just thought it was weird that they were drawing up plays in assistant coach and Giannis. And after the first week of the season, Griffin's extremely aggressive defensive scheme was getting shredded left and right. The Bucks were two and two. They gave up 130 points to the crappy Raptors, and the Bucks veterans had enough and they had an intervention for Griffin to change his tactics. So they got their wish against the Knicks, and they put Brook Lopez in the middle and he had 9 blocks, a career high, and Griffin said, Sometimes as a coach, we are too smart for our own selves. A couple of players came to me, I won't disclose, but they wanted Brooke deeper in the drop, and I was smart enough to listen to them. It paid off tonight. <clears throat> as a former player, it helps me relate to the players because the players are in the trenches. They watch it on film. They live it. The players don't always, uh, aren't always correct with their assessments, but I think it's wise to at least listen to them. All right. Then, just before Thanksgiving, <clears throat> in the Bucks' first matchup with the Celtics, there was a late comeback, <clears throat> made it respectable, but the Bucks still lost. And at one point in the third quarter, Giannis was subbed out and sat at the scorer's table. He didn't go to the bench. And then there was a very contentious conversation with Griffin in front of full view of the entire arena, and then Giannis went back into the game. And afterward, Griffin said, he wanted to stay in, and I wanted to give him a breather. That's all it was. And then I told him to stay at the table for one possession, and he got right back out there. And so they asked Giannis, and Giannis said no comment. Now, in late November, the Bucks took their talents to South Beach to take on Miami, and they got locked into a battle that went down on the wire, and Chris Middleton played the hero, and he scored on back-to-back possessions right in the last minute, and the Bucs won that game. After the game, Griffin said that he was supposed to go to Lillard, but Giannis um, audibled in the huddle and said, no, Middleton. He said, did Griffin, down the stretch, I was looking at Dame, hit a couple of big threes, and I was trying to get a play uh, for him again, and Giannis was like, we got to go to Chris. And they're like twins. They read each other, and they have such great chemistry, and he was right. Chris down the stretch, man, really took this home. Now, why would you say that to the press? You know, just to say, hey, he was right. I don't know. It's starting to get really weird now. And look, heat of the battle, yeah, people will scream at each other. There's no doubt people will scream at each other, especially high-stakes stuff. So after that narrow win over Miami, the Bucks went to take on the Bulls, very short-handed, not playing well. And the Bucks stormed back to take a three-point lead in the closing seconds. And Alex Caruso, a for mention, sent the game into overtime with a three-pointer at the buzzer. And then the Bucks fell apart in the extra frame. And after the game, Antetokounmpo talked about the team's effort. "Quote: We cannot rely on our talent every game. You know, I think we were just playing with the game. Sometimes when you play with the game, you lose." Quote. Now, that wasn't the only problem. There was confusion about whether or not they should have fouled with a three-point lead to prevent the Bulls from even getting off a potential game-tying shot. Griffin said, ideally, my philosophy is around that five-second mark. What I told the team was if they catch it with their back towards the basket, foul. They caught it a little further out, and that's probably on me. We should have just fouled if they caught it that far out as well and not giving them an opportunity to tie the game. When you get to that five-second and under, it's a little more tricky because you don't want to fall them in the act of shooting as well. So that was kind of right there at the cutoff point. But again, that was on me. We had an opportunity to foul. It did present itself. I didn't know if it would present itself or not, but the rule and what I told them, if they catch it with their back towards the basket, that's the general rule to foul. We didn't have an opportunity. (laughs) It seemed like I have to go back and watch the film as well, but we probably had an opportunity to foul there. So he said the same thing and I just did three times. Brooke Lopez said, I definitely had an opportunity to foul. I could have fouled Nikola Vucevic. I didn't, Caruso made a good play. It was definitely an option. With the three-point line, outside the three was a little different, but I should have just made a heads-up play. That's something that I have enough experience to know. And then Malik Bailey said, the read is we should have fouled, I think, personally. We had talked about it, but only if his back was to the basket. But that's a tough shot. Honestly, I think we should have just fouled. That's on us players to understand that, and especially when Vucevic had his back turned, we could have fouled. So it's all getting very confusing. But the in season tournament and if the play at the end of the Bulls game was a snapshot of the Bucks lack of cohesion, the meltdown in the semifinals of the in season tournament in Las Vegas was probably the future length film. The Bucks were outscored by the Pacers fifteen to seven in the final two minutes and made a lot of mistakes on the ball, and the most notable one was two minutes to play. Middleton brought the ball up, not Lillard, dribbled around aimlessly, and then threw the ball away. The Pacers then had a layup, but they missed it, but no one was back on defense besides Lillard, and so Buddy Heald just put in the putback. Lillard said, to play with Chris, he got the ball on in the inbound and I was just running up the opposite slot. And, you know, we didn't really have a play call, you know, so I was standing opposite to him and I didn't know if he was going to attack or what. But then Giannis chimed in. He said, quote, we have to be more organized. We have to know what we are trying to get down the stretch. You know, at the end of the day, like down the stretch, it's about effort, Man, It's about effort and attitude. You have to go out there and take it. I feel like the Indiana team, that's what they did. They crashed the board, got defensive rebounds. They got to their spots. They played great defense, you know, got deflections. Like at the end of the day, like nothing is going to be given to you in life. Nothing is going to be given to you in an NBA game, and we just cannot expect that to be. We run a play because we run a play. We're going to score the bucket but like you have got to execute. You've got to cut hard, screen harder, open, drive the ball, you know, make something happen. You know, we've done that in the past. I don't think we did that as well today, but at the end of the day, again, we have to be better down the stretch. Like we have to know what we're trying to accomplish down the stretch. I feel like sometimes we weren't on the same page and it cost us. And so apparently it was reported by Chris Haynes after the game that Bobby Portis challenged Griffin and his teammates in the locker room, and he called out the coaching staff. He said, "You have not put us in a position to succeed." Yes, and so they lost to the Pacers again. New Year's Day, they were one and four to begin the year, and the third of those losses—the third of those losses—came in Houston. The Rockets blitz the Bucks, and that was Giannis's harshest words. Quote. Now, defensively, we have to have a plan. And what is our strategy? Are we going to give a lot of open threes? Are we going to let them get in the paint when they go in the post? Are we going to stay with hours and play one-on-one? What is our strategy? Right now, we are giving everything. We are giving everything. We are giving the threes. We're giving the straight line drives. We're letting guys play in the post and get comfortable. We're getting offensive rebounds. And when I say this, this includes me. Always, it starts from me. I'm part of all that too. We have to be better even as a team. We have to figure out what works and create a strategy around things like that work. Like sometimes you cannot stop everything. Sometimes we're going to play a team that wants to shoot a lot of threes. We have to send them to the paint. Sometimes we're going to play teams that want to get in the paint. Everybody, now we got to muck the game up. Shows, show help. And after that, we play. Sometimes we play teams that want to crash offensive boards. We cannot rely on Brooks or Bobby. We have to be better, and we have to play better. We have to defend better. We have to trust one another better. We have to be coached better. We have four months to get better, so let's see. So a couple nights later, the Bucks were taking the Jazz, taking on the Jazz, and Griffin was asked pregame, by the announcers about being coached better. And he had a couple of cliches about defenses, win championships, and being strong on both sides of the ball. But then he was sort of pressed specifically about, yeah, but he said you needed to be coached better. And Griffin laughed and he said, I agree. Well, two weeks later, the front office agree. And so, as I said, when you look at a team that is in the standings flying 30 and 13 second in the uh, third second best record in the NBA and only behind the Celtics in the East. And yet it's just complete dysfunctional chaos. And I think Griffin said a lot of the right things. I really did. I'm not trying to act like he's a maniac, but the team just, it just wasn't working. And it's very weird to see a team doing this well and fire their coach. So it makes you wonder what's going to happen when they get on the same page. That would be something very, very interesting. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will come on back right here. Sports Violin.
0: And if you owe back taxes, they will be coming after you to collect payments. In fact, President Biden also hired thousands more IRS agents to go after you.
1: That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax Helpline.
3: Resistors to mind reprogramming will be exterminated for the good of the state.
16: What kind of government you guys got here? This is worse than California. <laughs>
14: this is the only sports talk show that features a Rhodes Scholar but he ain't here today now back to Rick Tittle
3: alright let's close it out um, on Monday it was the uh, 18th anniversary when Kobe scored 81 and on Monday Joel Embiid scored 70 and Karl-Anthony Town scored 62 <laughs> but that's just the way it's uh, it's going now in the in the NBA, because um, if you think about how many points the teams score, it's uh, it, it's only five. I'll just put it like this: the the year that Kobe scored his eighty one, only five teams averaged more than one hundred points that year per game. Five this year the worst scoring team in the NBA scores 107 and a half teams. The average NBA team scores 115 and a half points per game. That's the highest in over 50 years in the NBA. So um, it shows that there's a lot of great talent, but it also shows that the defense is not great. But Embiid is now averaging more points per 36 minutes 38 even than Wilt Chamberlain did when he averaged 50 and a half points per game, 61 62. That's the NBA record 50 and a half points per game. And Embiid is averaging more per 36 minutes because Chamberlain had 37.4 and Embiid had 30 point, 38.4. Uh, so this is why we have to make sure that um, uh, he gets a lot of minutes in the Olympics now that he has chosen the United States. I'm Rick Tittle. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll come back tomorrow and do it again at 9 p 9 p.m. 9 a.m. Let's do that.
8: Yeah, man, I hope we don't have brain damage. <laughs>